Good to see all of you guys this morning. Um, if you made the pancake breakfast, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, we had a lot of kids, a lot of youth show up more than, than I thought would, but it was a really great event. Uh, just something like that where we can have them show up and work and then also have the other members of the church just come and enjoy breakfast and be together. It makes it feel a little bit more normal, um, just a little bit back to the way we remember things, the fellowship, the food, all good together. And so I really do appreciate it. It was fun to sit back sometimes and just look and watch the kids sitting at the tables with some of you and some of them working and the ones that didn't want to clean up. I'll make sure and take care of that later and that will help. Um, but just an event like that, it really does, it holds a special place for me to be able to serve and that's what we're trying to teach them as well. And so uh, this morning, that's what we'll try to remember. We'll try to remember that we're here to serve. Uh, we're here to serve the Lord. We're here to worship the Lord. And I hope that we can all do that in spirit and truth this morning. Um, Daryl usually announces it, and I wasn't, I know he doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I looked at the board back there a while ago, and um, he's got a paper sign-up sheet for April 9th for prayer, um, a 24-hour slot, uh, sectioned off 30 minutes at a time. It's about halfway full. And so I'll, he won't, uh, probably he, he'll ask, I'll urge. It's important for our church to pray. And so if you have an opportunity to, to look at that and to fill up a time slot and to just pray for whoever or whatever is on your mind, we also have a plate for prayer requests. And um, it, it is important. So, uh, you know, some of you are waiting until the last minute, I hope, just to see what all fills up first because you have a whole day that you can fill in at any time. Uh, some of the time slots are early in the morning at 2 or 3 in the morning. Our crew, I know some of these kids up front are still awake at that time. They ain't went to bed yet, so maybe they can split that up between some of them. But um, I, I just encourage you to think about that, and, and uh, just remember that's coming up here in, in right at a week. So this morning, as we're fixing to worship the Lord in prayer and in, and in, in a song, I hope that you'll you know just join in, and we can make a joyful noise to the Lord as we start. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to come into your house. Uh, thank you for the fellowship we've already had this morning, and Lord, we just look forward to this time of, of worship, of singing, and uh, that we can, we can bring those praises to you, Lord. You are worthy of all of those, and uh, as, the, as the worship band is here, as Daryl comes, uh, Lord, we pray that we can just, just meditate and, and love and worship and praise everything into and for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh 
the point of weary is your burden weighing heavy is it all too much to carry let me tell you about my Jesus do you feel that empty feeling cause shame's done all it's stealing are you desperate for some healing let me tell you about my Jesus he makes a way when there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and his grace is free And the good news is I know that he Can do for you what he's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus And let my Jesus change your life Hallelujah, 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 amen, amen. You can wipe away the tears, and broken dreams and wasted years, until the past to disappear. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus, and all the wrong turns that you would, going under if you could. Who can work it all for your good? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus And let my Jesus change your life Hallelujah 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 Amen 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 Who would take my cross to Calvary Pay the price for all my guilty 
who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Whoa. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let my Jesus change your life. Oh 
If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to do something different for the next few weeks leading up to Easter. So turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 22, verse 15. Just one text as far as the intro text. Luke chapter 22, verse 15. We'll be leading up to Easter today as, as you see the, the title screen uh, in the upper room. Next week, Lord willing, it'll be in the garden. And then on Easter, not in the tomb, okay? In the upper room, in the garden, and then not in the tomb. Luke chapter 22, 15. I do want to mention just real quickly that uh, our prayer vigil is this Saturday, April 9th. So this is your last week to sign up. The church is open through the week if you want to come in and sign up. And also the last chance to put your prayer requests either in the plate or do that electronically on our website. You can put prayer requests. Try to do that before, what I'm gonna to try to do is print all those out, print all the prayer requests out by Thursday. So if you can uh, either, t either today after church or, or sometime through the week, drop your prayer requests in or do it electronically. And I'll gather all those up and I'll have a printed out sheet uh, and I'll put them on the table out here in our, in our entry and uh, so there, there are all the prayer requests, and there will be de denominational prayer requests, too. That's what these are. So I'll, I'll have them both. And you don't have to use those, but if you're praying and you'd like to use those, if, if that's what you do, if that's how you pray or part of how you pray, then, then you're welcome to take those. And I'll try to print those up and have those on the entry table by Thursday. In a court. And, again, the church is open through the week. If you need, want to come in and grab one of those, that's great. The church, the sanctuary, will be open uh, the whole 24-hour period. So it'll be from midnight to midnight to midnight, April the 9th, this Saturday. So you can come. You don't have to come to the sanctuary and pray, of course. You can pray wherever you want to, but it will be open. Uh, you know, I would like you to sign up. 
but I, I've never tried to make that the point. The point is that I, I do want you to pray, okay? If you don't see the need for praying right now, I don't think you're paying attention, okay? If I, I, I'm not sure what's going on with you if you don't see the need to uh, pray. If you think we can do it all ourselves, if you think we can fig figure it out our, ourselves, well, that's fine, but I don't. Uh, I think we need the Lord now more than more than we ever have, and so uh, this is our this is our time to pray. So I encourage you, whether you sign up or not, I, I just encourage you to pray. Luke chapter twenty two fifteen in the upper room, and uh, we're going to look at very closely at the ministry of Jesus and how he did it, and not just this this message, but any anything describing the lifestyle of Jesus in the Gospels as the writers gave a history of where Jesus went, who he talked to, how he, how he talked to him. Pay attention to how Jesus dealt with people. And I think it's a key to how we can deal with them too. So we are Luke chapter 22, 15, and it says, and here we are in the upper room. Sometimes we call it, call it the, 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 the Last Supper, uh, the night before Jesus is crucified the next day. And... Uh, let me find my text. Then he said to them, so Jesus in the upper room the night before he's crucified with 12 apostles. It will soon become 11. And then by the time we get to the garden, it will become three. And then by the time we get to the cross, it will become one. And we'll look at a text here in a little bit, but we went from hundreds, maybe thousands, to 12, and it will go to 11, then to 3, and then to 1. And that's important as we go through these weeks leading up to Easter. So he said, Jesus said to them, the 12 apostles with him in the upper room, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover, this supper, this meal with you before I suffer. With fervent desire, I really want to, I really desire to eat this meal with you, as he looked at his 12 apostles, with you before I suffer, okay? Moving on, there's an outline of this on the backside of your announcements, if you would like to use that, and we'll put, put this on the screen. Ministry like Jesus, okay, this is how he did it. This is an example for us. Let me stop right there before we move on to the scripture. The scripture with that is going to be in John chapter 13. Ministry. I'm going to use that word a lot. Ministry, minister. I don't want you to think about me. I, I, I wish that pastors and, and preachers had not almost hijacked that word. M ministry is, should be all of us. And it's Boy, it's hard to describe and it's hard to explain. You know, what exactly do you mean when you say the ministry or being a minister? It's whatever you do and however you can do it to reach people for Jesus. You're not going to do it like I do it. That's why I, I wish that, you know, I didn't even have that title. But you're not, you're not going to do it like I do it. But it's just however you do it. Whatever you do to encourage, to reach, to help people because of Jesus, okay? Ministry like 
Jesus. John chapter 13 and 34 through 35. John 13, 34 through 35. Now, John, we, look, we looked at the scripture out of Luke in the upper room. John records in the upper room, but he doesn't record the Last Supper. He records other things, the washing of the, of the feet. But this comes, John chapter 13, 34 through 35, comes from the same night. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you should love that you should love, love one another. As I have loved you, that you would love each other. Learning to love each other as Jesus loves us. Uh, by this, we'll all know that you are my disciples if you, love, if you love one another. Learning to love each other the way Jesus has loved us. Now we'll go on to the next screen and down on your, on your outline. But here's the thing. Ministry like Jesus has disappointment built into it. I'm warning you, okay? Ministry like Jesus has disappointment built into it. So that means ministry like Jesus has disappointment built in for us. As we try to, I, you know, sometimes I think that the, that the ministry is, is portrayed and almost encouraged and talked about almost in a, almost in a romantic way, like, hey, that's really going to be great. Hey, that's really going to be fun. We're going we're gonna to reach people for, for Christ, and we're going to do things for people in Christ's name, and it's all going to be great, and it's all going to be fun, and it's not. Okay, ministry like Jesus has disappointment built in. And the scripture we're going to look at is John chapter 6, 63 through 69. This is earlier in Jesus' days, John chapter 6, 63 through 69. Jesus said, it is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I've said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been given, have been granted to him by, by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no, no more. Now stay right there. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. In the Bible, in the Gospels, when, the, when a gospel writer uses the word disciple, it might mean the 12 apostles, but not necessarily, and most of the time not. What I'm trying to get to say to you, at, there were times when there were there were. There were hundreds, possibly thousands of disciples, but only 12, 12 apostles. So when he says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more. He's not talking about the 12 apostles. I think we forget that sometimes, that there were crowds that went with Jesus, okay, at times. So, but at this time, 
Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, you see the difference? And Jesus said to the twelve, uh, do, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the, the Son of the living God. That's why I said in the, uh, in the screen leading up to that, ministry like Jesus has disappointment built into it. There were those who loved him and followed him, but then they stopped and they went away. On this last night in the upper room, Jesus has wound up and come back to and kind of sifted down to the twelve. It wasn't always 12. It was hundreds, maybe thousands at a time. But for some reason, they filtered away and they went away. And, well, you know, I've got this, whatever excuse, whatever reason why they're not followers of Jesus anymore. And so he winds up in this last night in the upper room with 12. Not with hundreds, not with thousands, just 12. I'm going to put a the next screen, I want you to think about this. This is important. I love more people than there are people who love me. I want, you, I want you to look at that. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that all next week. This, if we're talking about ministry like Jesus, if we're talking about learning to love each other as Jesus has loved us, doesn't that describe Jesus very well? Couldn't you, you can hear in a way, wrapping a whole lot of things up, Jesus saying that. I love more people than there are people who love me. Why? Because what? John 3.16, God so loved the world, right? So Jesus loved more people than there are people who love him. And he wants us to have a ministry like he has. He wants us to learn to love like he loves. This is the result. You are, as you learn that, as you grow in that, as you become more like Jesus himself, as the, as the ministry becomes more important to you, as you grab a hold of it, as you do it, as you're, in, as you're involved in it, as you give your life to it, that sentence is going to be you. I love more people than there are people who love me. You see, you, you weren't born like that. Okay? You weren't born like that. When you came out, there's one person you really loved. Your mama. Okay? Now, there's a whole lot of people loved you. But you didn't, you didn't love them. You, don't, you don't, even, don't even remember that, do, do you? But when you came out, there was a whole bunch of people who, in most cases, loved you. But you didn't love them back. You, you hadn't learned how yet. And so for a long time, your life was like that, where there were more people who loved you than you loved them. You didn't, you didn't know how to return love. You didn't know who, who to love. And so for a long time, that was your life. More people loved you than you loved them. But hopefully, as you learn to love and learn to love back, but some of you haven't learned that yet. And some of you cannot say that. You don't love more people than there are people who love you. you. You need to grow in Christ. You need to take Christ upon you. 
you need to learn to be like him. Now, I'm going to tell you, this all sounds real romantic, you know, like, hey, that sounds great. I want to be more like Jesus. But I'm telling you, if we went back a few screens, you remember the screen that says the ministry has disappointment built into it. And you need to know that. But if you want to be like Jesus, and if you want the love of Jesus to start working through you, this sentence needs to become you. I love more people than there are people who love me. I love more people than there are people who love me. And I want that to grow. And I want that to grow. And I want there to be a whole lot more people that I love than people who, who love me. Because people are not necessarily going to love you back. Okay? I'm warning you. <laughs> I'm telling you. This right here, this place right here, is why so many people in the ministry stop and say, this, this isn't for me. Uh, we didn't put this on the screen, but if you have a hard copy of the notes, there's a quote from Oswald Ch Chambers, and I like part of that quote. Do you know that your dog will love you more than a lot of, than a lot of pe people will. Your dog will be more thankful to you than a lot of folks will. And this right here, this place in the ministry is where so many people stop because they get to that point where I'm trying to reach people. I'm trying to love them. I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to encourage them. I'm trying to reach them, but they're not responding right exactly not all of them but I'm isn't that exactly what Jesus went through he reached out he loved some loved back most didn't so what do you think the ministry is going to be like do you think everybody's going to love you you think everybody's going to Thank you. You think everybody's going to love you because you love them. You think they're going to hug your neck because you love them and you're trying to reach them. But they don't. And they didn't. And they don't. And they won't. Some of them will. But most of them won't. Most of them started with Jesus. But they didn't finish with him. Man. I, I'm going to be, I'm trying to be like Jesus right here. Isn't Jesus like the worst salesman you've ever met? He says, hey, if you're going to follow me, you've got to give up everything. If you're going to, you, you, do you remember that time? He said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to hate your mother and your father. If I was part of the 12 apostles, I would have pulled him aside and said, Jesus, can't you kind of water that down a little bit? Can't you change? I mean, you are like the worst salesman ever. You, can't, you don't know how to promote yourself. He just simply told the truth. <laughs> that makes the worst salesman. I'm sorry, the salesman in the room, because I know there are some. But that makes the worst salesman in the world, because you just tell the truth. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I'm just joking around with you. But that's true, though. He just told the truth. This is what it takes. 
If you're going to be a, a, a disciple of mine, if you're going to stay with it, this is what it takes. You're going to have to give everything up. And people aren't going to love you for it. They're not going to thank you for it. They're not going to say, hey, you did a great job. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, leave me alone. Some of them. But not all of them. But a lot of them. I love people more than there are people who love me. And as you're growing in the faith, and as you're growing in the ministry, that sentence will become yours. I don't get it, how people who I've worked with and tried so hard and worked with and loved them, and they can just walk off and don't care anything about me. I don't get it. I don't get it how I can love someone so much and they don't love me back. I'm going to tell you, I don't understand it. But I know that's how they treated Jesus. And that's how they will treat me, a representative of Jesus, to people I have tried so hard and worked with so much, and they just couldn't care less. Wow. Ministry has disappointment built into it. And ministry has grieving built into it. And ministry has depression built into it. And say, man, I'm as bad a salesman as Jesus is. I know it, but I'm telling you the truth. And I want to tell you, for a disciple of Jesus, it's worth it anyway. It's worth it anyway. I still do it again. It's worth it anyway. To be, to get the chance to be like Jesus. To get the chance to do a little bit, just a touch of what Jesus did. And to be treated just a little bit like they treated him. It lets me know that I'm on the right track. But I love people more than there are people who love me. I want you to get to that point. And I want you to grow in that. And I want there to be so many more people that you love who don't love you back. Because they're just not all going to. Okay? Now, move on. And maybe my salesmanship will get a little better. But let's move on. Okay, all right. So, Jesus goes through those times where hundreds, maybe, maybe thousands of the disciples left, just left, and now he's down the night before he's crucified. Now, he knows what's going to take place. He knows what the next day brings. He knows what the cross is. Next screen, focus on those who love you. Focus on those you love and those who love you. Now, here's what you do. You're a, you're a minister of Jesus. You go through all the disappointment, the grieving. You love people. They don't love you back. Here it is. You can't live like that. You can't stay there. Why? It's, it's just too tough. It, it gets to you. You can't stay there. You have to go there and then take a break. Isn't that exactly what Jesus would do. 
He would spend time with a huge crowd, and then just over and over, you read, you read these stories, he would say to the 12, let's get alone by ourselves. Why? Because we're just almost crushed by this huge crowd. Let's, let's go back. Let's get alone by ourselves. And so Jesus would deal with the huge crowd who didn't love him back. And sometimes they, they only came because they had saw him make bread and fish. And so the crowds grew because they thought, hey, let's go see this guy who can make bread and fish from nothing. And that's all they cared about, and Jesus knew that. So anyway, he would deal with a large crowd, and he, he would step back. He would deal with a large crowd, and he would step back. He would be with the 12, and then there were those times where he would pray all night by himself. Why is he doing that? Because of those disciples that he's with and those crowds that he's with that really don't care anything about him. They just want to see what they can get from him. So he's got to take a break from that. So the, the bad salesmanship that I've already dealt with, the fact that there's disappointment built in, you can't live there all the time. You can't take that all the time. What do you got to do? You got to take a break from that. So on this night, Jesus purposely gathers the 12 apostles with him. And here's what I want you to key, to key in on. This is what's going to help you get through the grieving time, the disappointment time. This is what's going to help you. Do you think that Jesus chose the 12 people who he loves the most? Do you think that's what he's doing? Do you think Jesus chose the 12 people that he loves the most? No. Because with Jesus, it doesn't really work like that. That's why, that's why the ministry is so disappointing to him because he watched people walk away that he loves as much as Peter and that he loves as much as John and they don't care anything about him. Jesus, if you remember back to that text, Jesus in John chapter, uh, in Luke chapter 22, 15, I have with fervent desire, I just greatly desire to eat this Passover, to eat this meal with you. And it isn't because he loves Peter, James, and John, or isn't because he loves them more. What is it? It's the other way around. It's because they love him more. Here's the key to it. Because you can't live there, because you can't live in disappointment and grief all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long, you, you, you can't, as humans, we, we just can't do that. We've got to have a break. We've got to have some, some relief. And that's what he's doing. He, he knew what the next day was going to bring. He said, I need some people. I really need some people who love me. I really need some people who love me. Because Jesus is fully God, but he's fully man. And he feels like you do. I need some people who really love me. So the focus wasn't on who he loves. The focus is on who loves him. Now, what I'm going to ask you, I've already asked you, I want you to be a minister. I want you to learn and, and grow into a lifestyle where you have so many more people that you love than who loves you. But there are going to be those times, and I'm talking about it right now, 
where you need to take a break from that, back off from that, and find those people who love you and concentrate on them and let them fill you. Focus on those you love and those who love you, okay? Focus on those you love and those who love you. During those break times, taking a break, kind of replenish yourself. You need to get away from those people who don't love you. I said it. <laughs> you need to get away from those people who don't love you. Now, I didn't say forever. You, you've got to go back. But you need those times of rest to replenish yourself, to get ready for what's next. So you gather around yourself and you go to those people who love you. The last uh, screen, I think, is a quote. Too many people spend a lifetime stealing time from those who love them the most, trying to please the ones who care about them the least. That speaks to me because that's kind of been my personality. I got to stop that. <laughs> Have you ever laid awake all night worrying about what somebody thinks about you? And do you know that that other person that you're so worried about what they think about you, they're having a good night's sleep because they're not thinking about you at all. And you're all worried about people who don't really love you. But there are so many people who do. And you're not, and you're forsaking, and I don't, that's, that's not the right word. But you're not focusing on those who really love you because you're worried about those who really don't. I tell pastors who, who, uh, who go through stuff, they're so worried and work, worked up about things, about folks in, folks in church. And I tell them, I said, you know what? You're so worried about what these folks in church think and what but I, t I guarantee you they're off somewhere doing doing their job they're not thinking about this at all and so it's it's changing the focus there are people who just really and that boy that is disappointing to me they're just people who really don't care those aren't the people that I need when I need to be built back up I need those people who really love me and I don't know why they do, but they do. And so I, that's who I need to focus on. So I need to do both, right? I need, there needs to be those times where I'm focusing on, on those that I know they're not going to love me back. I know they're not going to thank me. I know they're not. But I've still got to try to reach them. But after a long day of that, I just need to spend time with people who I love so much. And I know they love me. I'm, I, I used this a few weeks ago. It's really in the same thing. But remember when I used use the analogy of rocking a, rocking a baby, rocking your children to sleep. And I know Dr. Spock probably says you're not supposed to. But, you know, rocking your children to sleep, I don't know why I do that. We didn't do that, you know. But in a rock, rocking chair back and forth, I don't know why we do, do that. But uh, rocking your children to sleep. And I, and I remember saying it because it's true. And I don't even know why it's true because my children couldn't tell me this, but I could rock a, uh, rock a baby to sleep, my baby to sleep, and you could feel love. You could just feel it. 
I don't know how. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. But love doesn't make sense. You can just feel it. And it's spending time with those people. They don't even have to say it. You know it. They love you. They love you. But you're all worried about other people. No, focus on them. Love them back like they're trying to love you. And let that replenish you. Let that fill you. Jesus said on that night, I so much want and need to spend this meal with you. I remember uh, calling a pastor friend one time and uh, whatever I was going through, I called him and he uh, wasn't there. I left a message on his machine, on his phone. And he called me back and he said, I know you told me I didn't have to call you right back. He said, but I could, I could tell in your voice that you needed me to call you back. I could just feel it. I want to ask you to stand and the musicians come. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me. This, this morning, I'd like to um, concentrate. You can come and pray about anything at any time. This morning, I'd like, I feel it's like the Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me. I feel like there's somebody who is here this morning, and you could honestly say, you know what, that person who needs love right now is me. That person who needs love right now is me. And I don't know if you will, but I want you to come to an altar and pray so I and we can pray for you. I don't know how much you love me, but I can honestly say I love everyone in this room. And it's a it's an honor and a privilege for me to pray for you. It's not a burden. It's not a duty. It's not even, it goes beyond even my job. I, I know it's my job, but it's so much more than that. I want to pray for you. If you are that person this morning, because of just life, just life, whatever that is. And you're at that place, man, I just need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody who cares. I need somebody who will love me and pray for me. I want to do that. Now, here's what I ask the church to do. When the invitation starts, I'm, I don't want you to keep your eyes closed. I don't want you to keep your head bowed. I want you to pay attention. If somebody comes to an altar for prayer, I want you to help them, love them, support them. I want you to come too and pray for them. So, if you come to the altar this morning, I'm warning you, you're going to get prayed for, okay? So do you, do you want to come? While they sing, 
and play. If there's anyone in the house who just needs somebody to pray for them, somebody to care, then I want you to come. If there's anybody in the house that will come with them, then I want you to come. You just do as the Holy Spirit leads you.
loving my Jesus, showing my scars, telling my story of how mercy can reach you where you are. I pray the whole world hears the cry of my. 